All right, thank you, everybody. Well, first of all, I've just got to say, um, I, felt, I got up this morning, I felt fantastic. I'm feeling really yucky at the moment, so please forgive me if I start sounding a bit more vague than normal, okay? I'm going to pray against in Jesus' name. I'm going to get through this today. Oh, thank you. Right, so yeah, it's been really good, this series, hasn't it, on prayer? You were getting lots of uh, info from it and downloads and things we can apply to our lives. You know, I certainly, it's, it's changed the way. Definitely, I've been looking at prayer, and uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting um, in the future of what God does in the church as a result of this change we're doing in prayer. So anyway, let's just start in prayer, strangely enough, shall we? Seems a good idea. So yeah, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are a God who hears our prayers, Lord. Lord, we just pray with thanks, Lord, that you know us all, you know our hearts, Lord, and Lord, we just pray, Lord, that the word we hear this morning, Lord, will just touch our hearts, Father, Lord. We pray it, it comes from you, Lord. They're your words, not my words, Lord. And it will just reach out to everybody, Lord, um, in the way that you have pre-planned and ordained. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, so we've been using a key verse, or a couple of key verses, but the one I'm going to start on today is 2 Chronicles 7.14. And it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Well, let's face it, our land needs healing, right? So God says here, when we pray, seek his face. What we tend to do is seek his hand with our requests. It's what we want normally. We don't really listen to what he wants from us. Often we don't have a prayer life, we have a prayer list. And that's what we go to God with. You know, prayer should be our first response, but often it's our last resort when all else has failed. So Matthew tells us, Matthew 6 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all the things we need will be added to us. It's God's wisdom and provision, everything, all our needs will be met if we seek God and what he wants first of all. The trouble is, we don't really believe this, so we tend to pray for ourselves. Um, now, if you think back in the Bible, the story of Solomon, when God says, you can ask for anything you want. He didn't ask for riches or long life. What he asked for was discernment, for wisdom, to govern his people. And God was very pleased when he said, I will do what you ask, because it aligned with what God wanted. And the same is, happens, uh, applies to us today. 1 John 5, verses 14 to 15. 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So today, although we have a series on prayer, today we're looking at different types of prayer, okay? So thanksgiving, petition, supplication, fasting, and intercession. Now, going to start off with praise and thanksgiving because it's always preferable i think to start your prayers by praising god and worshiping him praising him for what he's done and recognizing who he is by praying to him we are recognizing that only he can answer our requests that we are powerless without him so praising and thanking god at the start of our prayers focuses our mind on who he is you know on our laptops we've got the minimize and maximize button and when we start praising and worshipping God, we start maximising God. It reminds us how big he is, how awesome he is. It builds our faith, our expectation, and our hope. No situation is beyond him. 
As worship takes us into God's presence, it helps us to tune in to the Holy Spirit. Um, now, David, uh, in the Old Testament, was a great example of someone who had a, a very intimate relationship with God, and his prayer requests were filled with thanksgiving and worship. Um, in Psalm 5, verses 1 to 3, this is David speaking. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Uh, Some versions of that say, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. So from this we can see that David starts the day with God in the morning. And that's ideally what we should be doing. Because so often we say our prayers before we go to bed. Just fit them in very briefly. Oh, yeah, it's been a great day. Thank you. Bless, bless this, bless that. But David starts the beginning of the day. And why? Because at the beginning of the day, we have no distractions. Everything's fresh in our mind. We had a good day's sleep, hopefully. Um, and we can just totally focus on God straight away. That we're giving God the first fruits of our day. Charles Spurgeon, who was a famous Baptist preacher, stated that the first one hour in the morning is worth two in the evening. So I presume even he knew that distraction happened in the evening. So that's something we can recognize straight away. Pray in the morning, first thing. And David recognizes in this prayer, God is the almighty creator to be feared, but he's a God full of grace. He's a personal God to David, and he's a personal God to us. He knows us intimately. And David's purposeful in his prayers. Lord, listen to me, he's saying. Heed my thoughts. And he goes on, to you I will pray. An essential aspect for us is to know he is focused on God. To you I will pray. So often we give God our requests with no thought of God at all. We just reel them off and that's it. But we have to realize God is listening, but we need to listen in return. Yeah, when David says, I will direct my prayer to you, he doesn't mean I'm aiming at you. What he's really saying is it's sacrificial. It's something he's already prepared. It's in, in his meditation. It's been set in order and he's pleading his case to God. Just like a barrister doesn't turn up in court and just starts winging it, he prepares a case. So how can we prepare our case before we go to God in our prayers? Well, scripture is one way. It's so important to read the Bible. This is why we read the Bible, because so often when we're looking for an answer to something, something we can come to God, scriptures leaps out at us. Or the Holy Spirit reminds us, oh yeah, I remember that scripture now. Where was it? Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, Spurgeon again says, I will arrange my prayer before thee. I will lay it upon the altar in the morning. Again, in the morning. And just as the priest is out in the morning sacrifice. So that's what his prayer is, a sacrifice, prepared already. Now, when we praise God, it can reveal our level of faith. How long it takes us to start praising God. Now, Pastor Wendy said this morning about how rivers of water should be flowing from us. Uh, And and that's the way it should be. And I mean, a perfect example of that is that Paul and Silas, when they were in the cells, um, you know, they've been in chains, they're in the inner cell, they've been flogged, beaten. They weren't there feeling sorry for themselves. What did they do? They started, the Bible says, they started praying and they were praising God. They didn't get out a worship CD. They didn't need a band to get them going. It was a lifestyle they already had. And they were just praising God straight off. What happened? An earthquake happened. That's what happened. You see, that river, that torrent of water past the windy was talking about, 
basically caused a spiritual earthquake and the doors were opened and they were able to leave. Basically, they were just living out the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So in a nutshell, prayer is just communicating with God. We know this. It's in a two-way spiritual relationship. It's sharing your heart with God. It's just saying what's on your heart. Philippians 4, 6, 7. It's the Apostle Paul speaking. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's a great scripture. You know, we live in a world where anxiety and fear is rife. But Paul's advice is, turn your worries into prayers. If you want to worry less, pray more. If you want to worry, if you're still worrying, pray more. You know, if you've experienced the peace of God, you'll know what I'm talking about. I've experienced that. It's an incredible thing, really. It just takes away all your fear, all your anxiety, all those things that seemed important. They just leave you because what happens? Faith replaces fear. And when it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will be with you. When you see the word and in the Bible, it means the second part is linked to the first part. You have to do the first bit. You have to be not be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then the peace of God will be upon you. But what does it mean by petition? Well, the dictionary says it's a formal request to a higher authority, okay? So obviously our petitions to God, there's no higher authority than God. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So it's making a specific request for something in particular. For instance, in the Old Testament, Elijah petitioned God to withhold rain for three years. Psalm 51, verses 1 to 2. This is David speaking again. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's the petition, David. And he was full of things like that. He was always asking God um, specific. And that's what God likes, specifics, okay? Don't just do general prayers. Add in the detail because God likes detail, okay? But David was always preparing his case before he brought it to God. In the Old Testament, we read that Daniel, um, there was a, a time when um, there was a prophecy that Jeremiah had made that uh, Israel would be in desolation for 70 years, and, and Daniel would realize it was coming to an end. And he doesn't just hang around waiting for the prophecy to be, to be fulfilled, he gets praying. Daniel 9.3, it says, So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He goes on in that, uh, in that prayer to confess Israel's sin. He's basically what's called intercessing there. How God is a just God and how Israel deserved its fate because of its disobedience. But then in verse 17, he continues. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of a city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. Hear and act. You know, we could be praying that same prayer today for for the waterside area. 
And another uh, very obvious petition I've just suddenly thought of is um, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says to the, the Lord, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. That's Jesus petitioning God. But he says, but nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. So uh, similar to petition prayers are prayers of what's called supplication. So what does supplicate mean? It means to make humble requests, which were made to God, becomes a prayer. So supplications are made in humility, often in desperation and need. Uh, it's a sort of prayer when you're on your knees before God. You know, these aren't the sort of things you just sort of brief, sort of brief one-minute prayer. These are the sort of things where you go deep with God. You're bearing your heart to him. And if, in the Bible, there's a story of Hannah, um, who was, who was barren and downcast. She's married, and her, she's one of two wives to the king. And um, the Bible says, in bitterness of soul and weeping much, she prayed to the Lord. In 1 Samuel 1.11, it says, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, and I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. As she continued to pray, Eli the priest was watching her and he saw her lips moving, but he could not hear her and he accused her of being drunk. But she said, I was pouring out my soul to the Lord and been praying out my great anguish and grief. Her prayer is fervent and it's heart-wrenching really, but nothing has been left unsaid. She's emptied herself completely, every emotion, everything she just desired. But what she says is, your will, I will give my son. If you only answer this prayer, I will give him to you and he will um, live for you. And that is obviously, as we remember, what happened. And in, in the Bible, David, many times in the Psalms, it says, hear my voice, give ear to my supplications. 1 Peter 3.12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, his ears are attentive to their prayer. So we know that God hears our prayers. Let's be confident about that, okay? So we move on to prayer and fasting. So the dictionary definition of fasting is um, abstinence from food or drink, or both, for health, ethical, or religious reasons. It may be partial or complete, lengthy or intermittent. Now, what fasting is not is a type of hunger strike. We are trying to attempt to twist God's arm to get him to do a favor for you and go into your will. Now, throughout the Bible, fasting is linked with prayer, and it shows we come to God at a deeper level of seriousness, usually because we have a sense of need or dependence or a feeling of helplessness in the face of actual or anticipated um, calamity, or it might be because we're in mourning or we have a deep spiritual need. For instance, in the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat um, had a great army coming against him, and he proclaimed to fast in Judah, and he turned in repentance to God and in intercession and praising God, and the Lord brought a mighty deliverance of him and his, his people. And in the New Testament, an example is when, um, before the first missionary journey, um, the church leaders worshipped and fasted before God uh, until they heard the Holy Spirit spoke, and it said, set apart Barnabas and Paul for this journey. But fasting should be part of our normal spiritual walk with God, just like Jesus said, and when you pray, 
It also says in the Bible, and when you fast. It's not something, it's not mentioned massively in the Bible because it was just taken for granted that you would be fasting. It's something expected from us. It's not to to be done legalistically or ritually, but it's just to be a part of that natural spiritual um, worship of God. Now, the reasons we might be fasting, it could be preparing for ministry. Uh, We know Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights before he went into the desert, before he began his ministry. Uh, It could be to seek God's wisdom, as the Acts Church did. It could be in grief. It could be for deliverance and protection. Um, It can show repentance. I mean, when Jonah came against Nineveh, the king ordered people to fast and pray. And God saw that they had turned from their evil ways, and he relented from destroying the city. It could be to gain victory, as Jehoshaphat. Or it could just be just part of our worship. Uh, there was a, a, a prophetess called Anna in the Bible. Um, hello, Anna. Um, but she worshipped day and night in fasting and prayer as part of her service to the Lord. So what does fasting look like? Well, any, uh, basically, it's, it's humbling yourself before God. It's saying, I'm relying on you to sustain me while I seek after you. It's, what you're saying is, you, it's more important for me to seek your face now than to have food in my belly. Now, biblically, fasting always concerned abstinence from food and drink. Uh, Daniel, um, in, in uh, Daniel 10, has a, relation from God, a revelation from God, and he seeks understanding by fasting. And it says, I set his mind to gain understanding. It says uh, in Daniel 10, 2, 3, At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions until the three weeks were over. So Daniel basically was just living on uh, vegetables and water. Now, you, sometimes you know, we, have, uh, uh, we pray corporately in the church, and some people do with Daniel diet, I believe. And I believe some of the benefits, if you do that for the whole 21 days, um, it says here, you can, people on average lose five to six pounds in weight, have cleaner skin, more energy, and better focus. I'm not on that diet, as you can tell. <laughs> but fasting for us can be partial, okay? We don't have to go for 21 days. We could do one meal a day or fast for one day completely. Or we could uh, do it uh, a la Daniel way. It can be done corporately, together. I think we, we tend to do that in uh, January, the beginning of the year, when we all come together as a, a corporate level and, and fast, because we want to seek God's face. But it can be done at an individual level, and it should be. We should be doing it at an individual level for things we, breakthroughs we want to see in our lives. And it's always important to bear in mind when you are fasting to drink lots of water and bear in mind any medical requirements that you have. But there's power in fasting. Um, there was a, a case in the New Testament when the disciples couldn't get a, a demon out of a, a boy and they kept fraying him around. And the disciples were very, you know, they'd be praying and laying hands on people and driving out demons. They just couldn't do it on this particular one. And Jesus came along and just laid hands and did it. And he said, why couldn't we do it? And he said, well, this one is a particular type. It needs prayer, but it needs fasting as well. Now, Jesus didn't say, I'll come back in three days after I fasted. 
but he's, so it just showed that he had a, a lifestyle of fasting. So when the time came, he'd already heard from God. He knew what he had to do. He knew he needed more power to, to deliver this demon. And uh, yeah, that was it. It's gone. So yes, we need to be genuine and humble when we're fasting. Another type of prayer is intercessory prayer. So intercession, what does that mean? It means the act of interceding or offering a petitionary prayer to God on behalf of other people. It means to go between two parties with a view to reconciling those who differ, to mediate. Now, the Bible teaches that Jesus intercedes for us at the right hand of God. Now, that doesn't mean he asks God for us. What it means is he mediates to present us to the Father as righteous. He says to God, Wendy is here, to speak with you. She's not here in her name. She's here in my righteousness. It's like having a red carpet to the, the, the throne of God. It's like you just walk in. Jesus says, this is Pastor Wendy. This is Graham. This is Lorna. If they're going to speak with you and put their request to you. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 5 says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings, all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases our Saviour, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. You know, perhaps if we all did that more often, prayed for our leaders, prayed for holiness across the country, that we wouldn't have, like Paul was just saying, as the pastor Paul was just saying a minute ago, about the mess the country, the world is in, basically. If we had prayed for our leaders more often, maybe all these things would not happen. Now, the Hebrew word for intercession is parga, P-E-G-A, and it means to meet. So when we pray an intercession for someone, what we're doing is asking God to meet with them, to reveal himself to them. So um, just to give you one example, um, in the Bible, uh, Moses, when uh, he went before God to intercess on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah, who did, because there was such a uh, horrible sort of place to live in, so far away from God, he said he was going to destroy them. And you may remember, Moses was there saying, if you can find 50 um, righteous people, would you save it? And he goes, well, I would, but I can't. What about 40? I would, but I can't. And it went like that. But that... We know that Moses is just standing in the gap. That's what intercession is, okay? So basically, intercessory prayer is an extension of Jesus' ministry today through us. You know, John twenty twenty one says, As the Father sent me, so I send you. So intercession for us is reaching beyond ourselves and our needs, and it's standing in the gap for others, okay? Now, next week, Pastor Paul is going to be speaking more on intercession, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. But I'm just going to share one testimony um, what happens when you, you stand in the gap? Now, if you don't know, I'm a postman. Uh, I'm suspecting a lot of booze and things, but, <laughs> but anyway, I'll get back behind me, Satan, or something. But but anyway, one, one day I was, I was walking down um, this, this road, strangely, and um, there was this lady, she, she was at the end of a very long drive. She was there, and she's obviously very um, upset about something. and. Uh, I, just, I said to her, what are you upset about? And she said, oh, my husband's just had a terrible um, pains in his chest and stuff, and he's just been rushed to hospital, and, oh, you know, she's all very distraught. And I said to her, um, well, I'm a Christian. And, and you know when you said something that's wrong straight away to somebody? 
the wrong thing because her face was just like, ugh, whatever. But anyway, I'd, I'd opened and I said, look, I'm going to pray for him. And, and I did pray for him. And I, I'd left her and I prayed for him. Stood in the gap for him, between him and God. And, and the next day I was walking down the path to, to their house and they've got a long path and there's like a dog leg. And um, as I was walking down, I could hear the gardener in the garden. And I was suddenly reminding me, I thought, oh, I wonder how he's got on to the, with, uh, the hospital. And as I came around the corner... The guy who had prayed for him was an elderly guy. I mean, he's a really fit guy, but he's about 70-odd. He was standing there digging the garden. So that's what God can do. When you intercess for somebody, he, he can do miraculous stuff, okay? So something we need to be very aware of in prayer, of course, it's a major weapon uh, that we have, is spiritual armor. Um, but the devil does his utmost to thwart our prayers. Um, it was one of the reasons we're so easily distracted, I think. Now, in Daniel, you remember, um, it says he fasted for three weeks to gain understanding. Um, now, after the fast, an angelic vision appeared before him, and it says in Daniel 10, verse 12, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I've come in response to them. But the prince of Persia, who's a powerful uh, spiritual being, satanic one, resisted me for 21 days. In other words, in the spiritual realms, there was a mighty battle going on, delaying the answer to Daniel's prayer. And we need to know, the Bible says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So sometimes, it's not that our prayers are delayed, they're not always spiritual reasons, but sometimes that could be the reason, Okay. Now, I mentioned the word paga, P-A-G-A, a Hebrew word for to meet, but it also has another meaning, and it's a battlefield term in scripture. It means as a, as a battlefield. It means inter- intercession can be violent, okay? In spiritual warfare, you're stepping in between the powers of darkness and the object of your prayers, meeting them in Jesus' name and claiming his victory. Ephesians 6.18, in the Amplified Version, says, With all prayer and petition... Um, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion and every season, in the Spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and, pe- and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. So we need to remember, we need to pray all kinds of prayers, okay? Be alert, be alert for prompts from the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, I mentioned last time I was preaching about the, the African lady who was... Um, no, sorry, the African missionary who was, who was on his deathbed with a fever. And there was a lady in London um, who I presumably knew him, but just had a, a prompt from the Holy Spirit to pray for him. And she didn't know why, but she started to pray and there was a spirit and she prayed for hours sort of thing. And then she got to the end of it and she thought, that's done. Um, and the mirac- missionary made a miraculous recovery, if you remember. And if you don't remember, you'll hear it the first time, obviously. But when he returned to London, he was just giving a talk about his mission trip, but he mentioned this recovery at a meeting. And when she went up to him at the end of it, she said, what date and time was that? And he said the date and the time it happened. And coincidentally, what happened was, where she intercessed for him, the exact time she finished praying was the time he just jumped out of bed, off his deathbed, and just rejoined his colleagues. But what if she ignored that Holy Spirit prompt? You know, I had a story um, once. I just had a bad feeling. I was going to a house, and I just had this sudden bad feeling came over me, and I just felt the urge to pray for protection. I didn't really know what, but I just thought I'd pray for protection. Went down, um, and just after I'd got past, 
a big branch came crashing down out of a tree sort of thing. And, and it, if I hadn't stopped to pray, and I was only praying for my protection, that branch would have almost certainly landed on me. So again, just be aware, the Holy Spirit, when it prompts you, just to listen to it and act. And if you, sometimes it may be someone may prompt you about somebody. It may just come into your mind for no apparent reason. Eh? If you're not sure why, just pray for their protection, if nothing else. Okay? Right. That's what we're getting near the end now. Um, yeah, so one thing I want to quickly touch on is, yeah, we need to remain in faith that uh, prayers will be answered, okay? Remember, Daniel's prayer, he had to wait a long time, three weeks, before that prayer was answered, okay? But what if he delayed and, or given up and said, oh, seven days or 14 days, I haven't heard from God, I've got no answer, I'll quit. We have to persevere, okay? If we knew every prayer was going to be answered, then we wouldn't need faith, would we? So the question, I suppose, is how much do you want it? Are you prepared to keep on praying? Are you keep prepared to petitioning God, to make those supplications to him, to praise him for who he is? Remember, all God's promises are yes and amen, even if we have to wait for them. Now, um, one of the things about this preach, I sometimes look back at my old notes uh, that I've made over the last sort of years or sort of months, whatever, looking for sort of like things that I could sort of draw from that and, and in, into this. And uh, sometimes I write down prophecies or visions and things that people have said or I've seen sort of thing. And um, I came across one, I think it was a couple of years ago, where um, I had a vision of this, it was in this church basically, and it was of a dam standing um, over a river basically. Now in, in this dam, it was full of unsaved souls basically. Um, and... The key to breaking this dam, to releasing all these unsaved souls into the river, were the three Ps. Praise, prayer, and perseverance. Now, I'd also forgotten that this links in very well with something that um, we, when one of our family church, one church meetings in Portsmouth, Pastor Colin Urquhart um, prophesied over all the family churches that they would um, for, for, that we'd all have a river of souls of salvation flowing into their church. And I thought that links really well sort of thing. Um, because it almost confirms, if you like. And I can't remember which way around those two things were. But this week, the Lord gave me a picture of an earthquake. Now, earthquakes, um, the damage is always apparent on the top, isn't it? Okay, But the real destruction originates from underneath the earth, underneath the ground, Okay. And what the Lord said to me was, you know, you're making surface prayers. And this is for all of us, I think. You know, you're making, there's nothing wrong with surface prayers. There's, there's prayers, but it's just skimming the top of what could we, we could be asking for, okay? So that if you look at that, for example, that, um, that dam, we could be praying for people. And it might just the odd one or two people might be just drifting off the top into the river and being saved. But what God says, we want a torrent of souls. We need to praise, we need to... Uh, persevere, but we need to pray all sorts of prayer because what he wants is explosive prayers. Prayers that will shatter that wall so that wall will break, that dam will break, and that soul. And basically, this is revival we're talking about. Okay, We need to pray for revival. If everyone prayed for revival, I believe this is what this is saying. That that dam breaks, everything will come in. You know, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, perhaps, and it's great to pray for your own family and things, but maybe if we sought God's 
kingdom first and praying for revival for this country and for this local bit, all those people we're praying for will also be added to us and they'll be also saved. You know, Spurgeon said, we miss the sweetness and effectiveness of prayer by not engaging in careful meditation before and hopeful expectation after. Let holy preparation and patient expectation link and we shall have far larger answers to our prayers. James 5.16 in the Amplified Version says, Therefore confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offences, and pray for one another, that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So don't get hung up on what type of prayer you're speaking. Just pray from the heart, okay? Pray, petition God with what you want. Think about it. Just bring your request to him, because we know we will hear, it, uh, hear us. You know, pray, real prayers come from the heart, okay? Let's meditate. Think about what we expect God to do before we pray. And let's recognize that nothing, absolutely nothing, is impossible for him. And pray with intention to change the world around us, yeah? For our friends, our family, our community, and our nation. Remember, Ephesians 3.20, 21, the Amplified Version says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than all that we can dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the, in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Okay, that's it then, let's pray. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. We thank you that you hear our prayers, Lord. We thank you that we can petition you, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that our, our prayers will align with your will, Father, the things you want done, Father. We'll put you first, Lord, beyond our own wants and desires, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You are an awesome God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, just show us who you are. Reveal yourself, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You can do super abundantly more than we dare ask or hope, Lord. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, Lord, our hopes or dreams, Lord. Lord, blow our minds, Lord. That's what we ask, Lord. Just blow our minds, Father. Reveal yourself in ways you've never revealed yourself before, Lord. Lord, just stretch out your right hand. Do the miraculous, Lord. Lord, let the heavens shake here on earth, Lord. Lord, just let rivers of life flow, Lord. Lord, just send armies of angels here, Lord, to deal with the demonics down here, Lord. Let light shine everywhere, Lord. Let your darkness, let the darkness diminish, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you just bless this church, Lord. Bless the people in it, Lord. Lord, let us have understanding. Lord, let us have wisdom, Father. Lord, we just pray for spiritual giftings, Lord, to understand your ways, Lord, that we be one body, united, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that the gates of hell cannot stand against you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.